Welcome to Stop Back and Roll, a podcast about making an RPG about a video game, about a card game, about a video game that you can share with your friends. I'm James. And I'm Brandon. Today we're back from our first design sprint and talking about facilitating transfer of powers and items from player to player. So when this episode airs, it will be 2020. Yes. I say. Because, yes, because we are definitely recording this well in advance. Well in advance. Yeah. Uh, like 20, def- 20. Uh, yeah. Close. Yeah. Oh, close yeah. It's to, the sixth. It is 2020. It is 20. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Same week. Same week even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, this is, we recorded this episode yesterday. Yeah. I've just listened like, like, to so many different podcasts like today and yesterday. I mean, yeah, today and yesterday that were like, well, it's going to be 2020 when this airs. And I'm like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Clay, who's terminally nerdy, was t- tweeting about how he's got videos recorded and edited f- through the end of February <laughs> for his YouTube channel. Wow. I was like, I don't even have the podcast that I'm releasing tomorrow <laughs> recorded yet. But uh, yeah, well, that's you know, how that's, we do. That's just how... Uh, there's differences in how podcasts and YouTube yeah, content yeah, yeah. is made. But also the thing, uh, the thing that I will always say you have to is send YouTube content in on a DVD. So like, there's yeah. like the watching time. But also, we need to stay, we need to stay current and flexible and active and reactive. Like, if something happens in the pen and paper gaming community on Monday, we need to be able to react, react to it on Tuesday or we sp- when our episode comes out. Or we specifically try not to get dragged into discourse things. So that's the other option. <laughs> well, one of the two. Uh, but yeah, so it's been a couple weeks now. Uh, yeah, we had our first sprint. I think. I think. I think four. Four. In fact, yeah. <laughs> uh, we had our first design sprint of 2020. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My goal had been to uh, release the Corsair. Nope. Yeah. It had been to release the Gladiator. Yeah. I just yeah, I was gonna say release the Gladiator so quickly that I got to work on the yeah. Corsair as well. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I had less luck. <laughs> um, it turned... Yeah, well, why don't we talk about your thing because it was successful. And I then like we'll that talk you about described it as luck. Well, <laughs> planning. Okay. Um, yeah, so I basically was planning on getting out a masks playbook. Uh, and I've now done that. It's on my itch.io. And uh, if you're a patron of mine specifically, then you already have it as well. Uh, but it plays kind of like a jock gladiator kind of archetype. So like you mm-hmm. uh, like to fight. You are good at fighting. You're the best there is at what you do. There's maybe someone sure. who wants to kill you if you get too powerful. Uh, you know, it's it's very Wolverine. It's, uh, it's a little uh, Gamora. It's a little totally awesome Hulk. Uh, and it's uh, I, th- I think it's fun. It's a interesting yeah, like little playbook. I, I need to um, I need to take it, and I I had sort of been working on a like proper playbook layout. I need to take the finished version of it now, and and actually like lay it out on what I had been doing. Yeah, to I, see what that looks like. I made like a thrown together, not great looking layout. Um, that is available to print it and stuff like that, which is pretty yeah. Rad. That's um the playable version. Yeah, exactly. And I'm now at the point that I need to start, like, looking at artists, I think. I think I've got enough sales on it that uh, that I can start doing that, which is really cool. Cool. I can, I might know some people I could recommend to you. Thank you. I, I want to make so. sure that I find someone who's, like, just perfect for it. Because yeah, uh, yeah. Cause it is going to be essentially, like, you know, what the playbook has made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is good, which is important. Yeah. So finding the right artist. Finding artists is 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 the mask style is very interesting. Yeah. And and there's always that like when you're making a uh, a custom playbook for a game that has art, do you try to mimic that art? Do you try to mimic the, like, Yeah. Like cuz the mask's art is actually not that what I would call comic booky. Oh, you don't think um, so? I mean, it's definitely comic booky, but I it doesn't match with like if you go read like a modern X Men comic, I don't think it looks a whole lot like that. I see. I feel like it looks like a lot of like the teenage comics, like it, okay. it, it like it, reminisces of like some some Young Avengers kind of stuff, like some some Champions kind of stuff. I feel like it looks pretty similar. Yeah, I'm definitely not as well read with that stuff. Oh, that's so. like my jam. 
Well, maybe I need to get back in. Yeah. Champions is amazing. Um, and we're not going to talk about New Mutants. I'm, I have okay. so many feelings about that trailer. And I'm going to do them somewhere else. <laughs> I, uh, I did just get the, the ding recently that, that Marvel charged me for another month of uh, Marvel Unlimited. And <laughs> I have to go see if I finally have an account that I can sign back in to cancel. Because <laughs> uh, they've just been charging me and I haven't been able to get in. And then they elected some shenanigans and I don't know. I just <laughs> well, I'm happily reading. It's a, yeah, maybe I'll just read comics. Um, but cool, cool, cool. cool. Yeah, so, so how'd yours go? Um, interesting. Okay. Um, I learned I learned two things. Okay. So I my goal was to because I've been working on this game book for Protean City, like a um a thing that will let people play in our world, and I had said that I wanted to over the four weeks. Uh, go ahead and write the what I have been calling like flavor or imagery section, um, which is basically two paragraphs that sort of just gives you an in to the the neighborhoods, um, and there are nine of them in total. And in the end, I wrote seven uh, of okay. the nine. Um, I some of them are shorter than others. I did reduce the 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 word goal that i was looking for um two i think it was set to 250 originally and okay. i realized that was just like much longer than i actually because like a couple of them i hit 250 and i was like this feels like too much yeah i actually don't want this much just like fluff right Good. here i want to get back into the stuff so i reduced it to 150 which feels more accurate to what i wanted awesome um i didn't hit i didn't so the of the two neighborhoods that i didn't write one of them I just didn't get to. Um, I I wanted to put in a little bit more. Uh, so it's like a weird like you have to like it's not just you're not just writing stuff you're deciding some things too. Yeah. And and um, so one of the neighborhoods I need to decide some more things before I could actually write it. And the other neighborhood I may not actually include because it's like arguably maybe not a full neighborhood. Okay. Um, but the thing that actually was the biggest struggle was that like I'm you have to decide things before you write. And because <laughs> it was such a, um, I don't want to say like ill-conceived, but like poorly defined section of the book. Yeah. Like I was just, I wanted two sections of kind of like flavor text, but I didn't really know what that meant. Yeah. And so that was where my struggle came was like, I, I didn't know what it looked like. I hadn't done a lot of research in that specific thing to go in mm. and, and say like, what should this look like? Yeah. Like when I, like the next section in the, for each neighborhood is the locations. Yeah. And locations will be like very clearly like, what is the name of the location? What is the description of the location? Mm -hmm. What is the, who is the face of the location? What is like, um, a couple aspects or things that are true of the location like those are very well like those are those are game mechanical things yeah that other books like this have done and i feel like i have a better grasp on that so i think i won't struggle with that as much yeah that was something that i found while like working on the gladiator is that some of the things i knew exactly where i needed to punch them in and some of the things i just like missed the first time through like i think the initial upload didn't have influence questions um, and like I missed, uh, I missed, and I think nobody noticed that I missed, uh, <laughs> how the team came together initially. Mm. And so like now I have actually gone through and said like, okay, what makes a playbook? And like listed out the different things that it needs to have beyond just like the playbook itself, but like player advice, GM advice, what does that stuff look like in the core book? What are yeah. some things that are important to have because this is a fan supplement? Like uh, the playbooks in general don't have like, and here's what to do for the joined because the joined came yeah. in after a lot of the core playbooks. And so that's what the joined, but obviously Magpie's not going to put out uh, how to be the joined of the gladiator. So I need to decide that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And like for all of the play sets, Magpie's not going to put out like, Oh, hey, we think this would be the way to run Phoenix Academy with the Gladiator. And it's like, okay, so I need to write that yeah. as well. Yeah. And even just something as simple as like the most of the playbooks come in or the, the official playbooks come in uh, larger supplement books. Yeah. So there's a lot of material surrounding them. So what is like a, a real mm -hmm. like what does a good playbook look like by itself without a supplement there? Which is only the 
doesn't really exist yet for masks. Like it, it exists for Dungeons and Dragons. And what that looks like is um, like a page and a half, two pages of lore. And then uh, and then the class features. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For Dungeon World, uh, it's even more pared down. It tends to be just like the playbook um, with like but like Dungeon World also like, you know, takes 20 moves to make a playbook. So, yeah, yeah. So like it's, so it's interesting that- seeing like I I'm I'm a little interested in seeing like what what does it look like for fans to create supplemental materials for a game that doesn't have a clear like a guide for that. Yeah, like like because with D&D like, you know, uh an arcana, what is it? An arcana unleashed or something like that. Arcana magic time. Uh like that, yeah. whatever it is. Uh those will come out and it'll be like, "Oh, this is the ranger but with no magic for people that don't like fun and then you know exactly how to do it because they just published it right yeah 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 that's interesting that they're they're doing they're more engaged in that in that community in a in a sort of like uh um individual kind of resourcey way whereas all of the supplemental materials from magpie has been more uh larger supplements and and stuff and further, for most other PBTA games, they either haven't been official or have been part of a larger supplement. Like, yeah, there's there's some exceptions, obviously, in terms of like the playbooks that come out of Kickstarters are sometimes a little mm-hmm. different. Uh, but like that tends to be just like basically just the playbook. Yeah, a lot of times it'll be just the two pages and then for those questions of like, how would you do a joint of this? Or how does this fit into this, the, whatever the Phoenix Academy, like those questions are sort of left unanswered. Yeah. Which like, and you have to just understand, like learn them, which is, make them up. Is not great. Like, I think that designers could do more to, to handle that. But like, on the other hand, I get not wanting to do that. Like I, I was, I could have been completely done with the gladiator. If I'd accepted, this is going to be like a Google document that Mm. doesn't have any formatting. This is going to not have any advice or anything like that. And I've still got like, I've still got some time left to like make it the product that I want it to be. Yeah. So I think, I think if I was going to summarize what we learned from our first sprint, it's that I think outlining more than you think you need and to a more grand, like I like there was no part of my like I have outlined this book that I'm I'm trying to work through yeah. pretty aggressively and there was no real part of me that thought huh I'm this section that is going to be two paragraphs I should really outline what those two paragraphs look like yeah. and I think that in retrospect I should have I should have decided what that was going to look like in advance and it sounds like what you like ran into a little bit was like deciding what the playbook needed to look like so that you made sure you had all of the parts yeah there's like there's even some things that are just style things that magpie does with their playbooks in terms of like the advice section that if you do not open up the advice section you will not get you'll guaranteed not get it right like because yeah. every playbook the description of the playbook starts with three descriptive words separated by commas and yeah. like by having that it looks more like a magpie. I'm not like a magpie yeah. playbook, but like a masks playbook, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I think that's I think that's like the the more like more preparation. I think people want to dive in on the game design or the writing or whatever it is they're doing. Yeah. And spending I mean, this is really a lesson that I I like I majored in film theory <laughs> and like like there's such such so much effort is put into pre-production in film. Like I should have known this like well in advance, but like thinking about and defining what it is you're you want ahead of time in a more granular way than you expect. I mean, or you fix it in post. Or you fix it in post, yeah. yeah. I Sorry, I, I talked on top of you. Do you mind fixing that in That's post? That's fine. <laughs> uh, I guess, yeah. You could actually, probably. I know you've done that. You, you, you've made people <laughs> say the right word when they said the wrong word before. That's true. I did that <laughs> a couple times. But... But you pay for it because like, and if, and if, and if you are the, I mean, so if you're working, I mean, this is like that, like it's a joke, but if you're working with a team who's producing a masks playbook yeah. and you miss stuff, well then you've handed it off to your editor and it's on your editor to catch those things. Yeah. But if you're just doing it by yourself, well then you've got to be the one who goes back and reworks the stuff when you broke it or didn't do it for the, the right way the first time. And so you can do yourself the favor to make it 
easier for yourself to complete the thing yourself, 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 yourself. Um, you yourself, you yourself a whole yourself. bunch, yeah. You, yeah. Um, by over planning, because really the worst case is that you throw out plan, yeah, and improvise a little bit. Yeah, and like, uh, how do you feel? Like, how do you feel like the sprint went? Did you feel like it made you? Like having a small goal, do you think it made you do a thing that you wouldn't have done? I, well, I will, I will, I will confess, I did the majority of my work on this sprint. Um, in the couple days after we announced, like the episode went out, yeah, and the couple days before we were recording this. Um, so, so here's the question <laughs> then: Would you have gotten the same amount done without probably the not. small goal? Cool. I probably would have. I, pro- I probably would have done the work. The, as from the couple days after we announced it, but I probably would not have come back and forced myself to finish yeah. writing some of the stuff. Some of that was, I will also say, is maybe not like the perfect example of a sprint because it was over the holidays. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing a lot of traveling and seeing family and, and doing all of that stuff. And so if we had been doing like, for this next sprint will be interesting. Yeah. And uh, do you want to talk about what we want to do for that now or at the end of the episode? Um, I don't know. What do you think feels right? We have, this is where we're exploring this and learning this format. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, it like, might make sense to leave it until the end. Until the end. Cool. So you do a little told bit me, of meat for this episode. You told and me then that come back. Great. Uh, so you told me that you've got an idea of something to talk about for today. Yeah. So and you're very mysterious. L- it's not that we normally we outline. Yeah. Fastidiously, but you were very mysterious about this one. I'm so mysterious. Yeah. Um, so I have this thing that I've been thinking about a lot uh, as I have been doing the advanced prep for this Fast and the Furious game that we are definitely going to write at some point this year because <laughs> I'm going to do it without you if you don't if you don't stop me. Um, and that's the idea that um, I'm trying to even think about like because I think it's a thing that I don't think I see a lot in games, but is um, game objects that are mechanical things that are passed between players. So like in okay. masks or in a PBTA game, most of the time you will take an advance yeah. or you will have a belonging yeah. or in D and D the GM might give you a magical item, mm-hmm. but the, and, and I think that, that I'll actually admit like, so one of the things that sort of inspired this a little bit was um, I was like when critical role gets people in critical role get magical items matt mercer writes up a little like stat block for them on an index card yeah and they all have binders where they can put that index card in and so they will often do things like hand the index card of the magical sword to a person who just lost their sword yeah and say here's um here's this item and there's a cool moment there's a couple cool moments where like a character has died and been revived but has no equipment yeah and so everybody pitches in one piece of magical item and like that sort of transferable stuff is not something that that you see too often um especially not in like the indie sphere of games no because where where you don't (laughs) where, where items and and things like that tend to be more descriptive than functional yeah uh and so it's interesting. I, I remember I don't I can't for the life of me remember this remember the name of the game, but there was a game at Metatopia this year that I didn't get to play, but in retrospect I would have loved to, that was aimed at doing an altered carbon story. Um and so you uh, the players would have um bodies that had stats. And but because the idea was that you can shift your brain in and out of the different bodies, you could pass them around or get a new body um, and it would have a different set of stats. And so that was like one of the first places I heard about it in a sort of indie state. Um, I also feel like maybe your um, your card game, which I am blanking on the name of. Rad Carl, obviously. Um and I feel like a little bit of ride crawl, at least yeah. at one point, was doing this where uh, you had items that you could maybe pass between players, and then, and then obviously for the Fast and the Furious game, like one of the things that has been on my, I have a, I have a, a whole oh, document of notes, and on it is uh, game uh, things that the game must have. One of my musts has always been that the game must have vehicles 
that are something in and of yeah. themselves that you can transfer. Definitely. So, that you, so I can say, hey, go drive my car in this race. Yeah, because that's really important to be able to do for all sorts of different racing things. Um, yeah. I did uh, some quick searching. Uh, the game that you're talking about was Afterlife Incorporated by Legendsmiths. It looks like it's a D&D 5e supplement of some kind. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense then. That that's why it was Yeah. It was doing that thing. I heard it was very cool and I regret not signing up for it. Cool. Um, um but yeah, I wanted to pull that up. But yeah, Rad Crawl definitely has the implication that like if you've got a physical card in front of you, there's totally nothing stopping you from handing it to the person next to you, right? And that's yeah. part of that's part of maybe the appeal of it. Is it like you you loot some new stuff and everyone kind of like takes their cards out and looks at them and goes like, okay, wait hold on, I could really use this, you could really use that, swap things around and everything. And I, don't, I guess I'll also, I don't know if, um, stop me if this is a thing that you're not allowed to talk about because uh, you have secrets, but in the past we've talked about um, th- uh, uh, mechanics in Passion where there are NPCs that are created and the, and that yes. control of those NPCs is passed between characters. Yes, perhaps. that that is that is something that that's something I can talk about uh, freely. I am coming rapidly into time that I can talk more <laughs> and more freely about stuff going on mm-hmm. with Passion. Well, uh, people have played that version of the game. People right? played that version of the game. There are some okay. reviews online, I think, of people that have played but that version of the game. I think that version a- of the game is maybe even on a on a um, stream or two. <laughs> but that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about where it's like it's a descriptive element of the game that has some mechanical moves related to it. Yeah. And that is passed around the table depending on who has control of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that 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 again is something that if you have that person on a card, if you have that move that comes with the person on a card, then mm-hmm. it's going to be easier to pass that around. Yeah. And it's, I think that's part of my, I, I like that kind of like physical element of passing things around a table. Me too. That I think that games should try to do more of. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that that really appeals to me in like the design for Radcrawl being card based. Because like yeah. I played with the idea of it just being a whole bunch of different tables and like that would work. But I love just looking at the middle and seeing a stack of cards and going like all of those are cool things we can have. And then yeah. getting to draw one and potentially hand it around and all of that stuff. The only thing that's different is so Radcrawl has the benefit of because it's a card game. Yeah. Obviously, all of those cards are predefined mm-hmm. and and they're given to you. Yes. And they're and they're a card. Yes. Now the NPCs in uh, Passion are probably going to be predefined, but are probably not going to be printed on cards. I believe that there will be NPC cards. Oh, well, that's very cool. Uh, okay. That will either same. be things you can print out on your own if you've purchased mm-hmm. uh, the game, or like I don't know exactly what the pricing structure looks like. Yeah, or anything I like guess that, that makes sense. I always forget that like even masks has cards that are that you can go. Yeah, like you a can deck of cards that you can go buy. You can do the influence cards or the um the villain cards. I've got the PDFs now, of both of those. I should get the physical <laughs> ones. Yeah, I, I really um, actually when I was at Metatopia this year, I stood and stared at them for a while because I've I've really wanted those uh, the condition cards. Oh, yeah. I always forget which conditions I have. Yeah. And so I think having a physical card of that um, and the same for influence. They have influence cards. What what I want is just uh, to be able to do our own deck of villainy. But <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. that's that would be so um, expensive. But then so the interesting art. thing comes up with. So I have like an adjacent goal with the the cars that I want. Yeah. For uh because so you could we could release a deck of cards of cars. A deck of cars, if you will, um, for this game yeah. that is uh printable in advance that are pre-described, like predefined cards. Cars. I need to enunciate. But we're, one we're of the from things that I get, we don't say D's. When we say yeah. a T, we say it D, and when we say a D, we don't. Yes, that's true. Um, but one of the things that I really want to be able to do is have that game do something where you do the Italian job thing where you get to say, well, we need a car that fits this criteria. Mm-hmm. What is it? Yeah. And then have the ability to make that something that you can be ge- that can be generated on the fly. Right. And so then that can't really be a card. 
Yeah. It has to be of like, and so it has to take the format of like a, like the, I'm imagining the game book will have to have like a list of like, here are all the elements that need to go on this index card. But in this standard index card, here's where you should write them and sort of prescribe the form, but it can't do it for you. Right. Or at least, it, at least you have to have the option of not doing it for you. Because I'm sure there'd be yeah. like some standard forms that tend to fit. Yeah. I guess you do blank cards too. That's um, true. But but yeah, there's an aspect of generating on the fly that I really want for the car game. Yeah, I think that is definitely an important thing because you need to be able to go like, all right, we need we need a car that can do these three things, right? God, like there when if you if you if you stop thinking about the practical, the the ways to do this is so interesting because then I start going down this road of going down this road of um. Like, well, what if I have a car that is a predefined car, but I do something like put a turbo in it or I tune it better? And then it's like, well, okay, well, then you have a sticker book of things that say like, like that's the the has a has a turbo tag with the plus one, whatever noisy. And then you just like peel that sticker off and put it on your car in the tags section. Yeah, th- that- but then you have to like print stickers and stuff. No, yeah, that's that's super reasonable. That's <laughs> yeah. Um, I I think sometimes that I have like way over the top intentions of what to do with a product, and then you describe a product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, like like that is one of the realities is that we're not most of the time gonna get people doing like buy this game that comes with a sticker book. Oh, P.S. These stickers will last you for four sessions and then you're kind of on your own. Or you've defined every car there can be. <laughs> yeah. Or you just sell more sticker books. Oh, yeah, just sell more sticker books. Perfect. Yeah. Which uh, I'm making fun of that, but that is the rad crawl plan. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I guess... Um... Oh, I added playbook advancements. Ooh. In the most recent Rad Crawl version that I'm hoping to start uploading soon. It's also D20 now. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, we talked about yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so I guess what I want to talk about with this is with this sort of like transferable items thing. Yeah. Is like uh I guess is there any other are there any other circumstances that you can think of that we can talk about other than just items and and cars? <laughs> cars that uh that might be an interesting thing to try with a transferable item and and then mechanically as you're like describing like 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 there's a little bit of this in masks when or in in most uh pbta games where you have you everyone always has most playbooks have an advance that lets you take a move from another playbook yeah there's always a little bit of like will this move that I'm writing for my playbook work on someone else's playbook? Yeah. And like, how much do I need to care about that? And, but obviously if I'm making a card or a transferable object in a game, um, like what, what would be pitfalls or things that you should watch out for in doing that? So I think there's like one other simple thing that happens in some story games in terms of transferable objects, um, which is like, the really really light item or fully narrative item setup like where you uh i was in a recent uh a recent ap people should check out it's uh seasons it's on the critical bits uh podcast it's it was really a delightful monster of the week thing but uh i just gave a character a knife at one point and like i had the stats for the knife and i just told them the stats mm-hmm. for the knife cuz it is two things and that was it, right? And like that wasn't a problem. I just cross it out on my sheet. Yeah. Um. And like likewise in masks, it would be very easy to go like, oh, I'm playing. I'm I'm, I'm axolotl, and I just got both my arms chopped off. And I'm like, hey, grab my axe and hit somebody with it. Like mm. totally reasonable that they would just yeah, do yeah. that, right? Like that. That is the least amount of work thing. Another thing that I think could be interesting is physical items that have moves on them. Um, There was one of them in the Masks uh, core book, in the descriptions of moves, that it was like when you put on 
I don't know. I don't remember the guy's name. Like Doctor Eternity's helmet. Mm-hmm. Then X, Y, or Z happens, and the move occurs. Yeah, right. And I think I mean, that, that's definitely that's feasible, right? Yeah, that's definitely more what I'm thinking of. Like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that. Uh, well, this, yeah, this gets into a lot of other things, but that's kind of what I want for the cars. So, like, that is just one move, right? But, and I'm about to tread into some territory that I do not know anything about. Okay. Because it's anime time. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm terrified of this. So, as you know, I have watched um, under a dozen episodes of Caballeros del Zodiaco in yes. no particular order in Spanish yes. when I didn't speak Spanish well. Um, yes. And so I know that in Saint Seiya, there are people that have special armor. Okay. And that presumably you can take that special armor and put it on somebody else. And that seems like a whole thing with a transferable item. Hmm. But like, yeah, that I character, mean, like, cause like it, arguably of my understanding of that show and maybe all of these shows, <laughs> the most important part of the character is like their super powered ability. Mm hmm. Um, and I'm so far out of my depth. I have I have no idea, so I can't correct you. I have to assume I mean, you're right. I think you, in my understanding, you could replace Sailor Scouts with this as well. That there's like an ability that they have that could go to somebody else, maybe. And like, yeah. So like, but in Sailor Moon, the power is in themselves, not in their clothes. It's kind of really okay. Well, let's assume it isn't. <laughs> okay. Uh. So like, but I mean, like, okay. So like, let's say they've got like a spirit power in themselves or something that could mm-hmm. be in somebody else. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, like, you could theory. have characters in theory. So you could have characters that like, that they themselves have a sheet of some kind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that you are like the brash one. And you also have the Pegasus armor and then the Pegasus armor has moves and you could take off the Pegasus armor and give it to somebody else. They mm-hmm. wouldn't ideally, but I think a game could be made where they would. Hmm. And this is all with, <laughs> like, I've got the biggest, I can see my stupid grin right now because <laughs> I know how far out of my de- depth I am and that this could be complete nonsense and that it doesn't make any no, sense. No, I think that makes sense. And I think that, like, I think that that kind of gets to, um, like, it would define... Like ignoring the truth of how that anime works because I don't know either. Like a a game that is predicated on the idea that like, like even just talking about something that maybe we can both speak a little bit more accurately to of like who want to do that, um, like like Power Rangers. Like if you are the Red Ranger and you you have like if you are a certain color Power Ranger, and you give the Morpher to someone else, they trans like they can transform into that Ranger usually. Cool and. And so it's the same thing where like the powers come from the tool. Yeah. And so you define this. It's like, it would be like if you had a game of masks where. He who is worthy can uh, hold a Thor. Can, yeah, nope. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Whoever. <laughs> he who is worthy can hold Thor. Whoever holds that sounds Thor accurate. turns into Mjolnir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how it works, um, right? Or like, or there are like a dozen or so um, like mech or Gundam shows and those Gundams themselves have stats uh, in theory or attributes and abilities and special attacks and stuff like that. Um, if if Raphael takes off his uh, his ninja thing and puts it on Donatello, then Donatello becomes Raphael. I don't, uh, I don't think that that's how that, that works. I think that's true. I, I may have to stop I, I you there. I think that's the, if, if uh, Dewey takes off his shirt and puts it on Huey, then Huey is Dewey and Dewey is Huey. Mm, I don't know that. <laughs> that feels like more of an identity thing uh, than no, a power thing. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, uh, there is a, a so there is a. Um, here's what we're gonna get into. I don't know super about this. There's an interesting. Uh, so in one of the welcome seasons our, of Zoids, well, welcome to Stop Back and Roll, the podcast where we talk only about cultural things that we have no standpoint for. <laughs> There's a season of Zoids where one of the characters has a special liger, which is his tiger mech. 
Um, okay. And it can it can shift into like different forms. Like it gets different pieces of armor. Okay. Basically, like so, it has like a set of armor. It goes into the the snail carrier thing that and it will put on different armor for it. Um, this game, this show is ridiculous. I know all of uh, these words. And I didn't know Liger for a second, but I figured at, it out. And and so sometimes it has like heavy armor. Sometimes it has like fast armor. Sometimes it has like gun armor. And I wonder if you couldn't have like. A, a character like that that had a set of moves or a set of uh, attributes or stats or whatever and then had like three or two or three or whatever uh, cards worth of extra stats and mo- or moves or whatever was relevant for your game yeah. that could like slot in. Um, and, I, and in that case, it wouldn't be you moving cards to other players, but just you moving, choosing which card one at a time flipped? you're using to engage with your character. And I think that doing that would be interesting because you're not necessarily thinking in the like, I need to make the stats or moves or whatever it is that's on this item card um, so generic that they can fit in with any other character. Yeah. But you'd actually be thinking the opposite that like, here are the moves or stats or whatever that's on the card or the, on the character. Yeah. And I want each of these card stats to interact with those in a way that works. Yeah. But, but like to intentionally have like different strategies that would engage when you had different aspects, like separating out. Um, like if you took the bull playbook and ignoring the extra for now, you like took the moves that are about defending and put those onto defense mode, and you took the moves that are about attacking, because the bull is largely about those two things. Yeah. And you, like, separated it out that way. And had some moves that were intermediate, like, that were, like, that always stayed with the playbook, Yeah, that when you were in defense mode could be used in, conge- like, basically, like, you the way that you have moves snowball, you would want them to be able to snowball from the basic moves or the moves that are on the playbook to the moves that are on the card that right. can get slotted in or vice versa. Yeah. And would do that differently with the two different ver- or whatever, multiple different versions of the the power slots. Right. And if that is separate from the character information, you could also have someone take the suit in theory. Sure. Yeah, because like again, I think I think that in the season of Zoids where they have the liger that has the different armor, I think that it's uh, the, the robot is a is a, is also sentient and bonded to the child who's driving it. But ignoring that, in theory, it's a mech unit that someone else could drive, and then they would have this thing that could also have the different versions of armor slotted onto it. Yeah. So like Zoids is a wild show. <laughs> so like uh, equipment and weaponry in like fantasy, sci-fi, whatever, pretty easily transferable. Yeah, cars. Something that it make might make sense to transfer. Uh, magical armor slash mechs. Yeah, something that makes sense to transfer. Are there other things that you can think of that like seem like so they I have could? Two, I have two more more things. Okay. Um, one of the first things that brought this up recently was I was having a a conversation on Twitter with uh, PK Sullivan about jumanji (laughs) because uh the new jumanji movies are phenomenal and you should all go watch them i've not seen genuine they are genuinely good um i have heard that i've just in order to in order to talk about this this i guess this isn't really a spoiler but so mild spoilers for mild spoilers for the jumanji it shouldn't ruin anything but like the premise of the new Jumanji movies is that rather than being a board game like the original movie and and I think book um, and board game, <laughs> um, you the, so the question that PK asked was how would you do this as a as a game as a role playing game because the premise is that the characters in the show we spend a little we spend a little bit of time with these teenagers. Uh, before they engage with Jumanji. Okay. And when they do, it's a video game and they are sucked into the video game. And so then they have 
characters. This is why I also thought of the altered carbon things. It's the very it's very similar. Right. Like like when when the one kid goes into the game, he becomes the rock. And the rock has a set of abilities. He like quite literally has a set of strengths and weaknesses. Right. Which is because they're in a video game, so they call out like he like is able to bring up a menu that displays his his strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And so those are all like obviously things that are true about the character and the way that he's able to do that. Like they have, there's a character who is a zoologist and without really trying that character can recall facts about animals that the, that the person before entering the game would not have known. Right. And there's no, there's no like skill check involved. They just do they it. Just like know they're it very, that's they're just what the character can do. Yeah. Um, and, and without giving too much away about it in the second movie, they go back into Jumanji, but they don't all end up in the same characters they ended up in in the first movie. Okay, so you and get so we like see the character, the character personas in different people. Yeah, and so we get a little bit of a a body swap sort of thing, and so that I a mean, so it's, it's a thing body swap. It's a thing that's true in the first movie, but is really emphasized in the second that there are aspects of the of the of the player of the of the character before they enter the game that hold true even as they enter the game. Okay. And so like like there is a character who is um there the one of the main uh female characters is really awkward around boys. The 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 character in Juma in the Jumanji game that she's playing is like a man killer and and is this like badass yeah. uh, warrior woman and she has to like she struggles with the things that are true about her as a real as a real character, yeah, and then the things about the character in the Jumanji game and how they reconcile and like so that's so there's definitely like an interesting thing where there is there are a set of like those character like we were talking about with PK I was talking about how you clearly have to have some set of stats or things that are true about the character, yeah, like the like the person the from the real yeah. world, and then some set of things that are true about the character in the Jumanji world. Mm-hmm. And then those would interact in different interesting ways. Yeah, because you couldn't just have it so that it goes one-to-one because theoretically people need to be able to swap. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and just and, and interesting things like like the, one, the like the one character is the sort of more nerdy girl and she's more awkward when it comes to talking to boys and so she doesn't as readily engage that, the sort of... Uh, uh, man killing abilities that she gets yeah. with the character but there is another character who is the sort of the popular girl who wouldn't have had that problem and maybe would have engaged some of those abilities in a different uh way um and i think that's interesting and that, i mean that's basically also the same thing that's not well so that's different than the altered carbon thing because altered carbon is a uh, it's less focused on the the body uh, it's i don't know it's been a while since i watched altered carbon i'll admit i don't know anyway. altered carbon it's the same kind this of thing makes where you it put... seem like I've never consumed any media. Have you consumed any media? I have. Um, and then the, okay, so that's so that's that. I think actually conjoining to that any kind of body swap game that was like about body swapping would have yeah. to sort of dabble in that. Um, the other thing I was thinking of is um, Yu-Gi-Oh, <laughs> or like any kind of a narrative story that was trying to emulate a card game like obviously the characters in the show have abilities okay like they are they are characters they have strengths they have weaknesses they have aspects of and so this is actually i think that Yu-Gi-Oh is an interesting example because they have as as people like as characters in this is rich characters in this world of (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh they have they have abilities and not not like supernatural abilities but they have they have aspects of their character as okay. like they are people and then m- many of them have supernatural abilities like what? millennium element like they have um like like Yu-Gi-Oh has the this millennium puzzle thing that's what lets him transform into Yu-Gi-Oh um or Wait. whatever <laughs> and like one no, of the guys has one of the guys has the Millennium Eye, which lets him psychically see which card is going to be pulled next in the deck. And then as a third layer, they have the deck of cards that they are using to battle. Right. And those decks have different abilities based off of the way they are built. And so you would have, like, if you were going to try to really recreate that, you would have some set of abilities and skills and stats that's 
your character and then the abilities, the supernatural abilities, which are transferable items, and then also the deck of cards, which are also transferable. Okay. Um, here's a question. Yeah. That you just play Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Like. Okay. So That's like, interesting. Like, you would just play Yu-Gi-Oh. You'd, you'd get out a deck of cards and like, if your character has an ability of, I can predict what the next card is. Yeah. Then you look at the next card, right? Like, is there, <laughs> is there a reason? Because Yu-Gi-Oh, they're literally playing a card game, right? Yes. So like, but but Brandon, <laughs> but Brandon, there once there once was a Pokemon video game, and then kids wanted to play that game but didn't want to engage with the video game, so they made a Pokemon trading card game, and then they turned that Pokemon trading card game back into a video game. And if you wanted to play an RPG based off of that video game, based off of that card game, based off of that video game, then you would have to find play a way to card game. abstract that you, you card game out because you don't want to engage you don't necessarily want to replicate like we're not talking about war gaming here brandon like if you <laughs> if you want to if, if you want to do this or not this if like you want to do the D D, like i think that this, i think this is an important thing like if you're okay. trying to emulate the way that like war gaming and D D often emulate attempts to emulate and simulate yeah, the, th- the thing that it's that it's telling a story about. Yeah, so it has miniatures that move around a map and stuff yes. like that. But if you're trying to tell a story about fantasy heroes, well, then you're abstracting things like combat because you yes. don't care about the details. And so, if I'm trying to abstract the story of Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon, the card game, the video game, then I don't care what happens in the literal card-to-card moment. I care what happens in the story as a whole, which is affected by which decks and stuff I'm using, but is separate from that. Okay. Card games, the RPG is an interesting thing that no, I had not thought about isn't. until card just game, now. <laughs> card games, the RPG is not an interesting I want idea. someone to make, <laughs> to make a, <laughs> this is a bad Pokemon, idea. the card game, the video game, the RPG. No, because I, I think... If you I, have done that. Because I, I think you either roll and say i win or i lose and you abstract the thing or you play the thing or like but or an intermediate step where like there's a couple <laughs> rolls you make where it's like yeah. oh when i set look when you're setting up when you're setting up your green deck roll plus forest mana uh I've gone over to magic. Um. <laughs> yeah, but like, but I think that like there is an abstract a part of that where it's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> we don't really I think we really want to get into this. But no, like, I think this the is moment that, that we care anymore. about is when is when Yu Gi Oh is able to build Exodia, or where the one dude goes, I and now I'm going to play Pot of Greed, which lets me draw two cards. <laughs> it doesn't matter what those cards are. We aren't keeping track of what cards he has, has in his hands. Okay, but it's a dramatic move that affects the. The story we're telling. So, so you're playing. So you're playing like you will not get out of the arena alive. Uh, there's no way out of the arena. Uh, but like modified for two players, and you are just making up cards as you play. That sounds okay. much more reasonable, right? Like, like yeah. you go like uh, each of us rolls a d twenty. We each lose the health that we rolled or that the other person rolled. I say, ah, you've challenged my fox with 10,000 knives but fortunately i've like good, brought the mouse and the card. candle your turn that, that sounds like a Yu-Gi-Oh card <laughs> the mouse and the candle is based off this little mouse ah, and candle that i have and on a my candle desk. you have yeah uh, a literal physical object in front of you um but well, like, okay but like like right like that would do it right yeah i think so and so so like even that with, might be not abstract enough. But like, I don't know how we got here. I, we I don't know. I'm because like because like the other way to be more abstract is to be like, okay, we each roll a d20, we shout the names of a couple of cards, and then one of us is one, right? Like that would be the more abstract version of that. 
Yeah, I, it's like it's complicated because the world of Yu-Gi-Oh makes no sense. <laughs> but like, you have to understand that the, the game makes no sense, and the, the television show doesn't care. Like, there is a there is a real Yu-Gi-Oh game that is a card game that people play, but the television show doesn't care about that at all. It's looking for those interesting moments where you've activated my trap card. I mean, yes, you could say you've activated my trap card at any point. But what is the but what is the move that involves that? Or what happens when the when, villain has the millennium item that makes all the cards real and then when, they can physically threaten your friends or whatever else is happening? When, when you like, declare you've activated my trap card, role yeah. plus superior. I've taken the soul of your grandfather and put it into this card. Now come to my battle island and play this children's card game to win him back. I legitimately cannot tell if this is real or not. I believe that is the plot of the first season of Yu-Gi-Oh! And like, like I'm not throwing shade. I just don't understand. I don't understand like why you wouldn't just play the card game. And surround it with RPG, right? Like because okay, we so don't like, care about the card game. I think we're way off topic. I okay. think we need to stop. Let's, let's, we're running out of time. Is there just one thing I can say? Like, okay, let's say we want to do the Fast and the Furious. We're yeah, not which is the going, thing we do want to do. We're not going to go getting cars and have police chases. Yeah, because we could die. Yes. Let's say we want to play Yu Gi Oh. We could play Yu Gi Oh. Okay, but but okay, like, but like here's, the, here's the difference. Chess. Here's a better example. We played in, chess in in our Fast and the Furious game. Yeah, we will not probably care which gear you're in. No, agreed. But but that moment where the character shifts up might be a move or shifts gears might be a move because that is a dramatic moment in the story. I don't I mean, know. Even the, dramat- fa- even the Fast and the Furious I think movies don't care. But like that's just like know. a narration point, isn't it? But what is the difference between a move and a narration point? Um, a narration point you just do when Evskis, <laughs> and like a move you know there's going to be some. Why would you have that thing. moment of tension where the character shifts gears and then punches it forward? That feels like a move to me. I mean, that could totally be a move. Um, but, but my like, point is there. That's that's a that's a thing that is. Uh, an actual fact like we could track which which gear the cars are in but we don't care yeah. about that we just care about the moment but in the narration where it happens but the difference there is that like is that there isn't a real world obvious way to track what gear you're in that doesn't add cognitive load as opposed to like if you're playing a card game you sure play the is. card game like i mean like the formula d has a little gear shift that you move around i mean yeah but like like if you were playing chess you wouldn't like say, oh, I'm playing chess and I feel like my character is getting a little stressed out. I'm going to s- set my stress level up one. You would just be playing chess. This Jenga's might just be a, a better... preference thing because like chess, the I'm RPG so actually sounds like a thing that I'm interested it sounds in. sounds awful to me. <laughs> this, I think this is probably a preference thing. Um, and I'm not going to, I want to say right now ahead of time. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with anybody <laughs> about this because this is the kind of stuff yeah. that I got dragged into like four weeks of arguments that I didn't yeah. care about well, last let's time. Not, and let's I'm definitely not, not argue about this. No, but if you do, it just seems not, bizarre. I think, we can, I, think, I think that it, I think I will agree that it is bizarre. Okay, but if cool. you are interested in making a Pokemon, the video game, the card game, the RPG, come talk to me because I want to play that game. And or if, if you're you have interested a Yu-Gi-Oh in playing card. the Pokemon card game and you have Pokemon cards, uh, I guess I, I, I do actually play have Pokemon, some Pokemon cards, cards. Less, less than 10 feet from me. You know what but, I have that we need to figure out a way to talk about? Um, wonderful fan uh wonderful friend of the show alice gave me a deck of these just like absurdly 90s cards that are some like i don't know if it's like a battle game that needs a second deck (laughs) or if it is like a game in and of itself in the one deck but it is the most 90s stuff ever like it is a character that is clearly just like Cable, but rip cable with the numbers filed off. Psylocke with the numbers <laughs> filed off. Cable again with the numbers filed off. Shatterstar with the numbers filed off. Hey, we got another cable. <laughs> and it's, <I> love- <laughs> it's so good. It's so beautiful. It's 
it is Liefeldian to this incredible degree, and I need to I figure love, out a way to I do love content. the idea of a game that has three versions of Cable. Easy. Easy three versions of Cable. I Part of me wonders if it's just a YouTube series where I just, like, pull up a card and just, like, talk about, like, what nonsense it is. Because it's so, it's gorgeous. It it's is a like, character creation podcast. It's maybe a character creation pod. I, I don't know because there's not <laughs> enough character within these characters. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's delightful and 90s and horrific. And so if you want to make an RPG about that, let me know because that I'm down for. <laughs> okay. Okay. What are we sprinting so, through this week? Yeah. We're, 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 we need to move into this final, this final section. Yeah. Um, so what, I- what are you <laughs> going to do for this next week period? Um, I've got a or lot of Passion de Passion work to do. Uh, I know um, often this podcast goes out every other week. Um, I've got a decent amount of Pasiones Pasiones work to do, but mm-hmm. I also have a lot of like kind of just transcription work to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to, I want to get up. I, I would love to get the Corsair into a downloadable form. Uh, mm-hmm. It is not close to being in a downloadable form, but. I've got a lot of like little pieces that I think I can put together in order to make that a product. Um, I also want to get, I, I also, I have started working on the new form for the rad crawl cards. And so I want to put together some of those cause they're, they're way less labor intensive now that it's a D 20 system. Mm-hmm. Um, and it isn't like just core D 20, but it's, I'm trying to make it kind of, D D compatible if you squint really hard <laughs> yeah because yeah, if yeah. it's D D compatible if you squint really hard then people that are interested in D D can buy it and then find a more story driven style of gaming okay so so i want to i want things. to get yeah i want to get the corsair out i want to get let's say 10 cards to people that are backing rad crawl okay I think, I think that's that, that those are my two goals. Um, so I think the thing that I want to do next is learning from my mistakes from the first sprint. <laughs> um, I want to look at what the location um, stat block for this game book should look like. Yeah. And define it. So like okay. what what any time where we have a location stat block and every one of these location uh, neighborhoods is going to have a location stat block like when we have a thing for dynamite jacks what does that yeah. look like what things what elements of the game come with that and right. I want to define what that looks like and then at the very least I want to start working on a list of two or three locations for every neighborhood Nice. Sounds I good. I want to I think I don't want to push myself to write all the locations. Right. You just want to list because them. because I want to spend my time making sure that the element the game element or the the book element of what the location is is robust enough that when I go through to do it it should be pretty easy. Awesome. That sounds great. So if you are at home listening to this podcast and you are also playing along, I know we heard uh, a bunch of people uh we're doing some sp- some sprint like work with us. Yeah. Um, keep reaching out in the discord or on Twitter and let us know. Um, maybe next time around we kind of, we're trying to sort of figuring out what this even looks like. So maybe next time we'll like pull some people, uh, what things people say they've been working on from the community and talk about it. I think I want a hashtag for this design okay. sprint is a thing already. Unfortunately. Yeah. Maybe uh, RPG, sprint? RPG sprint. Let me, let me see what happens if I look up RPG sprint. This is this is live stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think finding a hashtag is good. RPG sprint is not like hashtag RPG sprint shows nothing? up nothing. Excellent. So, so RPG we'll sprint. So if you are if you're gonna play along at home, uh tweet at us at, at stop hack and roll or use the hashtag uh RPG sprint. Then and, and to let us know what you're working on and and check in with your progress and maybe we'll uh, we'll talk about it. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna start trying to make a Twitter post every beginning of every week, end of every week, or I guess maybe one every week, <laughs> like every two weeks or so. Every yeah, yeah, yeah probably yeah. every week. That just I'll says like check what I'm in defining when I'm working on stuff. Yeah, yeah, and just kind of like uh, 
be posting about that because that's a nice way to to also see what other people are doing if other people are doing their RPG sprints. Cool. Yeah. I'm also, this is only sort of tangentially related, but uh, I'm officially next week going to a, my company is paying for me to take a class on agile product like uh, development. So oh, I will nice. like, I will hopefully come away from that with uh, an actual certification in uh, being like running a scrum, which is kind of what we're doing here. Yeah. And maybe I'll, I'll, I'll have some, uh, some new, by the next episode, I'll have some interesting new uh, uh, tips or tricks or things we can work on. And, um, and uh, I don't know, I still have this kind of Very idea nice. that I would, I would love to in a more tangible way than, than Twitter, like, build like a real board that we could work on as a community that could be cool and like throw the things that they're doing up on uh, and we can sort of help each other help to get our work done interesting yeah so if you've got ideas for that definitely also hit us up uh you can find us at stop back and roll on twitter or individually you can find me at b leon gambetta and i'm at end the meltdowns you can find our episodes links to some of the games we've been working on and uh, probably a lot of a website that needs some work uh, at stophackandroll.com. If you have a really long email for your RPG sprint that you desperately want James to read, or if you want James to read uh, how you would approach Yu-Gi-Oh! Yes. or Pokemon the card game, the video game, the card game, the RPG, uh, definitely send those to just James at stopbackandroll.com. <laughs> Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Now I've set it up that you get to say how people what people should email me. Uh, no, this um, is a mistake. If you have enjoyed this podcast uh, and you like and you want to support us, uh, find our podcast on iTunes and give us a rating and a review. Uh, it helps other people find our show. It lets us get the warm fuzzies that we know that you like what we're doing, uh, and uh, it, it mostly it helps spread the the joy of of uh, stop back and roll. There's two podcasts that I want to recommend real quick, as long as we're over here. One is a podcast on the Stop, Back, and Roll network, Game Closet. It is phenomenal. It's by Taylor Labreche. It is wonderful interviews of game designers and game verbers of various kinds that are LGBTQ+. And it is such a good listen. I'm always so impressed by it. The other is just a podcast that I guested on recently. Um, it is Critical Bits. I mentioned it before, which is a comedy body horror podcast using Masks, uh, A New Generation. And recently they did a Monster of the Week miniseries called Seasons, which is one of the most ambitious podcast projects I've ever heard of. It had like hmm. four different groups with 14 players and it intersected oh, in amazing, cool ways. Joel is just... Joel is the one who did Spider Day with 34 players, um, and he continues to just do the wildest stuff. Oh, that's wild. You also guessed it on a podcast. That's right, I did. Yeah, if you want to hear me, uh, if you want to hear me talk, I mean, I think honestly, probably, uh, I didn't, I don't know if I covered anything too wildly new, but yeah, I was on an episode of Play Slash Test uh, with uh, Chris Foster. That is a very interesting podcast because it's uh, Chris is working on a couple games and mm -hmm. they play the games uh, as they play test the games um, on the show with different groups of people. Um, and then they do he does these change log episodes where he talks about game design, talks about the things that he's been changing in his games and then brings on guests like me to talk about the games that I've been working on and sort of hash things out. And so I did, I was on an episode of that on uh, recently and uh, yeah, go listen to that. Go listen to Chris Foster um, or go listen to play, go listen to play slash test. They're currently playing a Pokemon game actually um, <laughs> that he and, 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 and uh, uh, stop hack and roll community member Amar are working on together. Yeah, which is well worth checking out as well. It, it, yeah. That has all been delightful. And like, honestly, listening to that episode specifically because it was you made me realize the extent to which like those design episodes really feel like stop, hack and roll. Like, yeah, that was like mostly a stop, hack and roll episode. <laughs> so if you like stop, hack and roll, you have no reason to not go listen to it because it was yeah. talking about game design process with James 
Yeah, so it's like, very interesting. When we started this podcast, there was definitely a like when we were talking about what iterations of it would exist. Yeah, there was definitely a version that was us playing a game and then like doing the sort of GM decompression, yeah, uh, playtesting sessions. That basically what playtest is right now, and so that's kind of cool to see someone doing that. Definitely, like th- this is another really cool podcast doing some really cool stuff, and it's BBTA right now, so bonus. <laughs> yeah, so. If you want to support us uh, by donating money, then you can do that, uh, and and so we would and and we will thank you on this podcast in this outro. Uh, and so I'd like to thank a couple of our new backers, like Devin White, Ben Tyfenthaler, Jack Blair, and Rogue Schindler, as well as thank some of our old favorites, uh, old old favorite supporters like Phil Ulrich, Brian Barlett, Nick and Cameron Robertson, Evan Nyquest, Thomas, and ShuffleQuest. If you'd like to help support this show and future shows, check us out at patreon.com slash stophackandroll. If you can't support us financially, consider becoming a member of our community and supporting us that way. We get an enormous amount of joy and uplifting and content from people involved in our community. (laughs) People suggest things and we lots of times will do them because we have done this what 84 times this is 85 times 85 times yeah uh so there is there's lots of ideas obviously still bouncing around in both of us but more people means more ideas means more stop back and roll and you can join our community by finding us at discord uh, at tinyurl.com slash shr discord or discord.stopbackandroll.com so when you are borrowing your friends magical power armor to become one of the zodiac knights sorry james you just activated my trap card don't forget to stop hack and roll Uh.